Good morning, everyone. Um, welcome to CNS Sportscast. I am Sam Deering, and Christian John is back from his absence, and we are excited to have you with us. Um, quite a few things happened in the football world this week, um, so we'll start with teams that surprised us. Uh, we've got Jalen Ramsey still on the trade block, even though he is expected to play tonight against the Titans. Uh, we've got Minka Fitzpatrick. We got Daniel Jones, injury impacts, and then we've got three games to watch. Um, so, Christian, obviously, start with this one. Um, teams that surprised us. Who's your team? I went with the Broncos for this one, and they're 0 2, and that's not really surprising to me. What was surprising to me was how well they hung in with the Bears. I fell through the ball 50 times on Sunday, and the Broncos should have won that game. If it wasn't for the roughing the passer call on Bradley Chubb, which I'll let everybody make their own judgments about that, but the Broncos were in the driver's seat after going for two, which was a great call by Vic Fangio. If you're the Broncos and you're playing the Bears at home, not a lot of people are going to pick you to win that game, so you might as well get bold and go for the win rather than play for overtime, which unfortunately they didn't get because Eddie Pinheiro is actually a competent kicker, which the Bears haven't had for a little bit now. But yeah, I definitely think Flacco's played well. The the more disappointing players on the Broncos this year have been Von Miller and Bradley Chubb, which I don't think any of us saw coming. But the offense in Denver actually looks good, and to me that's surprising. What about you? Yeah, you make up a great point, and I, <laughs> Chicago definitely got lucky that game, and if it weren't for that call, that would have, I think Denver would have sealed that game. Um, so my team is the Detroit Lions. Um, yeah, they, I believe they were up like 24 to 3 or um, or 24 to 7 uh, week one against the Cardinals, and then they let them come back in the second half, or actually in the fourth quarter. Um and ended up being a tie. But this week, they somehow managed to defeat the Chargers. And Stafford, Stafford these past two weeks, his stat line was iffy. It's, it's decent. It could have been better. Um, 22 for 30, 245 yards and two touchdowns, which is very intriguing, seeing as he's, what is he, 31-ish or 32? And he's a, he's a regressing QB in my eyes. Um, but the two interceptions... Um, kind of throws you off there, but um, Stafford threw a go-ahead touchdown pass to Galladay in the fourth quarter, and and they, they were in Detroit, so they had a lot of home field advantage. And I I was just in my other um, pod last night, and they were saying that this division is going to be very competitive for the NFC North, and I agree, um, but. This this team surprised me that they beat the Chargers solely because they don't have a whole lot to work with. And from what I've heard, um, I guess the sources that I've read, they're thinking about putting Matt Patricia on the hot seat um, if they finish under 500 again. Which I it, like it makes sense why like why why they would do that, but also doesn't it's it's also ridiculous because he doesn't have a lot to work with. So 
the Lions are my team just because they don't they don't have a lot to work with and they beat out the Chargers. Um, who yeah they don't have Melvin Gordon, but they had Austin Eckler who's actually been playing very well these past two weeks and um, it's looking like they're still working on trying to utilize around Derwin James injury. Um, so Detroit Lions are my team. Um, so I guess we'll start with Minka Fitzpatrick since he actually got traded um, first. So. Um, the Minka trade, in my eyes, and I, I know we sent out a poll, and <clears throat> Jeremy, I actually talked to about this. Um, he likes the trade. Um, I, I think it's good for the Steelers, but I like at the same time, if Mason, like I, I have a lot of faith in Mason Rudolph, but it's going to be very hard for them to win that, like to like try to make a playoff run and even win the division. Um, but if like you got to think about it, like it, this is a very risky move by the Steelers because if Mason Rudolph gets hurt, that's a top ten pick for Miami and it's an absolute steal of a trade. Um, so Christian, what are your thoughts on this mega trade? Yeah, like you said, this could this could be a top ten pick and that could make it unbelievable for the Dolphins. Absolutely. I'm I'm very wary of this trade for the Steelers just because. Like you said, they have a backup quarterback starting. They um, they're zero and two. Also, it's, when you start a season off that poorly and you had your starting quarterback for a game and a half, what does that mean when your backup does come in? You lose that home to the Seahawks and you got obliterated week one in Foxborough. It's just not a good start and. I'm not sure that Minka Fitzpatrick makes all up all the difference. He's a really good player. I don't know if it just makes enough sense for the Steelers right now. Right, and if they had Big Ben in the situation and he was still healthy, then yeah, that would make sense. But like to me, yeah. like if I were to grade this trade right now, the Dolphins win. But like I, in my eyes, I don't think you can fully grade this trade just because oh, you no, got to no. see how. Mason Rudolph um, kind of plays out the rest of the year. And I think it helps him a lot that he has his own receiver that he played at OK State with. And I love the Steelers did this, um, but they drafted both of them. They have James Washington, who's he's definitely on the rise. Um, So but back to our point. Yeah, I don't think you can fully grade this trade. Um, You got to see how Mason Rudolph pans out. Um, But as we know, Miami's the new laughing stock of the league, and I don't they're, think we've ever seen when they have every first round pick this year. I don't think that we've ever seen a team though historically this bad in a long time. Like I feel like the 0-16 Browns could defeat this team. <laughs> um, I'd like to see the Lions, the winless Lions team, go up against this team. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, that's the contest I want from the NFL. Yeah. Um, so, all of you start with this one. What are your thoughts on the Jalen Ramsey trade? <clears throat> well, I'm interested to see where he does end up going. There's a lot of talk that the Chiefs, who have an obvious need for a guy like Jalen Ramsey, aren't interested because of the attitude. The Seahawks are a place that makes sense because they want to make a Fitzpatrick. They need secondary help, and they're on the cusp of winning it, or winning. And 
The Raiders make a lot of sense to me. They have an extra first round pick this year. Their secondary is wet garbage. I see a lot of potential places for Jalen Ramsey to go, but there's, I, I don't know. It, it's just when a player is this good, it's hard to think that he's going to get traded in season. It, it's somewhat unprecedented to me. Yeah. Um, I was actually going to name one of these. I like the Raiders a lot, um, seeing as you did lose Jonathan Aben for the year. And um, I do think that a lot of teams um, liked Minka more just because you can put Minka anywhere. And it's, it's looking like um, Jalen Ramsey wants to stick to his sole cornerback position. And like you said, even like with, with Jonathan Abram, that Raiders secondary is not strong at all. And if, um, so one NFC team offered them a 2020 first round pick and a 2020 fifth round. So I guess the team that would make sense to me is, yes, yeah, Seattle. Um, I do like Philadelphia, even though Seattle does make more sense. But Philadelphia could be a possibility. Um, but do, does Seattle have a first-round pick to give up? Oh, well, yeah, they'll have one. Well, no, because they traded it to Green Bay, right? Yeah. So do oh, they even have no, a first-round pick? Seattle has a first-round pick. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, and, like, as for, like, I guess Packer fans, I I know I, mess, I messaged you. I said I can't wait to see, like, what they want. Like, I would not give up a first-round. And then someone... Someone uh, commented and said, yeah, this makes sense. Um, why don't we trade Jair Alexander in first-round pick for Jalen Ramsey? Why would you Why would you ever trade your best – like, I don't understand trading from a position that you're actually, like, that, that you're actually trying to go for. So, yeah, the, the AFC team that makes the most sense to me is definitely the Raiders. Um, I, like I said, he's, I, it's looking like he is playing tonight. Um, and they said it could be possible he's traded this week, but I, I think it's possible he's traded well before the trade deadline. He could even be traded sometime next week. Um, so Jalen Ramsey is definitely a guy to watch. Um, hopefully we'll be coming back to him next week. Um, so Daniel Jones. So after Eli Manning, I believe the score was like 28 to 14. Um, they lost to the Bills. Um, Eli Manning has, in my eyes, he's been a, he's he needs to retire. <laughs> um, but I honestly thought they were going to bench Daniel Jones for the entire year, which in my, that's really what they should have done, or they should have done what the Rams did with Jared Goff. They knew they're out of contention, and obviously the Giants are, but like you wait until the last two, three games of the year to start grooming and developing Jared Goff. And now, like, I don't know. Like, I was still shocked by this move. Um, what do you, What is your take on all this? I was taken back by it at first, for sure. I thought Eli hasn't played terribly, and he hasn't had anyone to uh, Golden Tate's been suspended this whole time. Sterling Shepard's been hurt. I mean, to, he's completing 63% of his passes to guys we've never heard of. So, 
to me, it was a little bit unfair to Eli, but at the same time, they weren't winning the game still. And sooner or later, you're going to have to find out what you have in Daniel Jones. So what what better time than now, I guess? It's Now you get a, almost a full season snapshot of what Daniel Jones is. And what happens if he is terrible, like some of us thought, when he was the sixth overall pick? And the Giants go, okay, this guy isn't our guy, kind of like the Cardinals just did. And now they want to shift their focus to the draft, and they love a guy like Justin Herbert, possibly. So what they're doing is they're giving themselves a full year, almost, to determine what they want to do while giving Daniel Jones a full year to prove that he is the guy. Now, I will like to say that I don't think that would be a good idea to pull an Arizona Cardinals, but it is something that could possibly happen. Right, and there's definitely two ways you could look at this. Um, and like, like you said, Eli wasn't throwing terrible. Like, that in offense is just like, he has no like all he has is Barkley and Evan Ingram to throw to, and everyone else is just hurt. You have Golden Tate out for suspension, and um, someone I don't recall his name, but he said on Twitter, um, you, you kind of have to agree with him. You're under, you're under, like it's kind of like t- going off of what you said before. Daniel Jones is on his rookie deal, so it's time to start like it. It's time to start uh, kind of grooming him now and developing him. And to see if he is um, the next successor, like Gettleman hopes that he is. And Justin Herbert, we can talk, we can talk about quite along the road, um, which NFL draft is probably like another one of my favorite times of year. Um, and there's been several mocks and several like Justin Herbert would have made sense. And if Justin Herbert would have entered this past year, he very well could have been a giant. Um, so 2020 draft would be something to talk about along the road. Um, but I do think it was a tad early. But if you look at the other side of it, you got to start looking towards your future. Um, you don't know how much longer Eli – like Eli could be retiring at the end of this year. Eli could also be – I don't know. Like he – in my eyes, I think – at best, I would say one, maybe two years. Um, and I actually, I want to ask you this. So they had this on first take, and they asked Kellerman if the, the the debate was should the Giants trade Eli Manning. I think it would. I think it would make him look very bad if he actually like requested for a trade. Um, I think it'd be a bad luck for the Giants though too. I, I just don't think that's something that should happen. No, not at all. Right. Um, so our next one is injury impacts, um, quite a bit of injuries, but the biggest impact run impacts from the quarterback side. Um, so this year for the NFL has just been atrocious for quarterbacks. Andrew Luck retired, no Nick Foles, Drew Brees, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so we'll start with Ben Roethlisberger. And we, we kind of touched upon this, like, during the Minka trade. Um, is there anything else, like, you want to add on to this Mason Rudolph Big Ben? Uh, in a decent situation to succeed. They have a decent offense around them. 
They trade for Minka Fitzpatrick to make the team better, to show Mason Rudolph, hey, we believe in you. This is a really big showing for Mason Rudolph. Kind of like the Daniel Jones situation, this is his opportunity to go, I'm the guy. I am the future quarterback of the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is Mason Rudolph's opportunity. If he flops and everything goes terribly wrong and it's a high draft pick they send for Minka Fitzpatrick, I definitely think we don't see Mason Rudolph more games for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So this is a really big opportunity, and Mason Rudolph definitely needs to make the most of it. Yeah, definitely. I, I, Mason Rudolph is under um, a lot of pressure, I guess more so than the two Saints quarterbacks that we'll get to. Um, I, I Like I said, like I like Mason Rudolph a lot. I have a lot of faith in him. I still think they're a playoff team. They could still make the playoffs, but that is solely going to depend on how he plays. Um, and that will be something we can watch and definitely come back to. Um, so, Drew Brees. And like we said before, it's, it's looking like they're doing the two-quarterback scheme. So, they're going with Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. Um, and this is interesting because a, a lot of people, I think, I think a lot of people thought they were going to go for um, just go and use Teddy Bridgewater. Um, but they, they've used Taysom Hill before. Um, and he's already like fully familiar with their offense, probably more, uh, probably more than Teddy Bridgewater. Um, so what do you make, or I guess how much of like of an impact, because the pressure is going to be on them now too. And like I said, the past like a week or so, the saints were my NFC title favorite. And I Breeze is out for like what six to eight. I believe it's six to eight weeks. I think it, I think it's six because he he posted yesterday that he just had successful surgery on his thumb, and last week he couldn't even grip a football. Um, so <clears throat> if they, I haven't looked deep into their schedule yet, um, but if they come in with a winning record for Breeze, um, and seeing as Breeze isn't even isn't even out for the year. Um, if they come in with a winning record and Breeze takes over, these next few games are going to be very crucial for the Saints. And all eyes are going to be on Taysom Hill and Teddy Bridgewater. What do you make of all this? Um, I do think we see more Taysom Hill than what we do regularly. I think he'll throw the football a few times a game now. Bridgewater is getting paid a lot of money to be a good backup quarterback. And now it's time to show that he is a good backup quarterback. He is on a one-year deal. He could have been the starter for the Dolphins this year. I, looking back on it now, I think he made the right decision. He will have an opportunity to go into free agency next offseason and show teams what he did To make him to make it that he should be a starter somewhere else and somewhere somewhat competitive next year with Taysom Hill, um, I I'm not really sure. It's, I don't see him ever leaving the Saints because he gets to do a bunch of cool stuff with the Saints. He 
he gets more of an opportunity and maybe he shows that he can fully be just the backup quarterback and they don't need to carry another quarterback and pay a backup quarterback a ton of money like they are Teddy Bridgewater next season. Yeah, I I don't see Taysom Hill leaving just because he fits into that system so well. Um, and a lot of Packer fans are either itching themselves or why the heck did we get rid of him? And, like, obviously, like I said, he fits into that system. And he didn't. He wasn't utilized the way he should have been in Green Bay. Um, like, look at all the tight ends that Mike McCarthy had. He, they weren't utilized well. And Jimmy Graham is having a pretty solid start to his year. So if he can develop into at least like a top 50 or not develop, if he can produce numbers this year and be at least like a top 15 tight end, I mean, that to me is good enough for a LaFleur offense who who's a big like who, you know, run heavy. And a lot of like Jamal Williams is very has done very well so far. Um, but I don't see Taysom Hill leaving the Saints because he fits into that system so well. Um, so the Saints and the Steelers, and these will be our two games, <clears throat> two of the three games that um, we're going to to watch for the week. But first, we'll start with the Ravens at the Chiefs. Um, this one, I can see this one being a high-scoring game. Um, it's at the Chiefs. I've got the Chiefs winning this one. Um, yeah, yeah, you don't have Tyreek Hill, and I said this to Jeremy last week, <clears throat> and Nicole Hardman brought himself in a touchdown. Nicole Hardman had a 4-3-3 40-yard dash at the combine. His speed is very similar to Tyreek Hill. Yeah, the Tyreek Hill, is, it's, it's, it's big. It's a huge loss, obviously. He's your best receiver, and he's his number one target. But, like, I, you have pieces to build around it. And Nicole Hardman is going to get, I think his workload is going to progress as the weeks go on. And I think all eyes should be on Nicole Hardman. So I've got the Chiefs at this one at home, but I do think it's going to be a high scoring game. Seeing as, yeah, the rate, like I'm not, I'm not sold on the Ravens. They played the Dolphins and they played the Cardinals. Um, Two weak defenses. Um, But this is going to be Lamar's first test of the year. And I, I don't see him. I don't, I don't see this being a blow. I, I really think the, I think it's going to be a high-scoring game. But I've got the Chiefs at home. I also believe the Chiefs will win this one, but I don't think people. I wouldn't sleep on this Ravens team at all. Lamar has been incredible. The Chiefs secondary isn't great, so I definitely believe we'll see Lamar have another gigantic game and. It will be very close. Patrick Mahomes will probably have to lead the Chiefs down the field and score in the fourth quarter to really win this game for the Chiefs. Right. Um, So this next one is kind of tough for me. Um, I'm going to pick the Niners. Um, I think this is going to be a close game. Um, It's Mason Rudolph's first test. Full test, um, full game. Um, but they're in San Francisco, so Niners do have the home field advantage. Um, I believe, I know, is D Ford playing this week? I know he got hurt last week. 
Um, but regardless, um, I do have the Niners at home. It's, I think I think it's going to be a close one. It's Mason Rudolph's first test, but they're in San Francisco, so I've got the Niners at home. I'm Ford didn't practice yesterday, so who really knows? I also going with the Niners here. They're two and zero. Garoppolo's been better than he was in preseason. He's improved immensely week two than he did in week one. He had yeah. a slow start in week one, but yeah, week two he played very well. And with a banged up James Conner in the backfield for the Steelers, it just makes things tougher on Mason Rudolph. They're traveling from the East Coast all the way to the West Coast. It'll be, I think this one will be low scoring, lower scoring from today's NFL standards. The Niners eke one out just because Garoppolo plays a little bit better than Mason Rudolph in his first game. So this is another tough one for me. Um, I might pick the bold take and take the Saints on this one um, because you still have a strong offense minus Drew Brees. Like, yeah, you lost your bet, like your quarterback, but you still have Teddy Bridgewater and Taysom Hill. And I, if if Sean Payton kind of if he works them into the like the scheme that he wants, I think it's going to be another very close game, um, like maybe within a touchdown if that, like three points. Um, but I've got the Saints in this one. Um, it, it's going to be hard fought. It's going to be a very close game. And all eyes are going to be on Teddy and Taysom. I am going to go with the home team for every game on this pocket. The Seahawks. Russell Wilson will just be a little bit sweaty. Saints will have a little bit of a hangover from losing Drew Brees. And there was the missed call with Cam Jordan touchdown being called, or them blowing the play dead and Cam Jordan touchdown not counting. Bridgewater and Hill, it'll be a little bit clunky at first, and they'll need this week to kind of start to get, really get into their Seahawks take this one at home. <clears throat> so, um, that ends it. Um, so, thank you for joining us. Christian, great to have you back. We got the full Cena squad on here today. So, um, thank you for joining us, and we'll hopefully have some Jalen Ramsey stuff to talk about next week. Um, so thank you for joining us. Uh, give us a follow on our Facebook, Cena Sports Podcast. Our Instagram is CS Sports Feed, and our Instagram, or sorry, our Twitter page is CS Sports Feed Two. So, uh, with that being said, thank you for joining us, everyone, and we will see you next week.